Hello and welcome to Magic Mike's. Don't call us pretty boy, our name is Charles. This is episode 13, Public Enemies from 2009. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. So hop on your hobby horse. It's time for Magic Mike's. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm very fascinated with the whole hobby horse. We're back with our little, um, after our little three-month hiatus, our planned obsolescence, if you will. Yeah. And boy, did we come back to one, huh? <laughs> So here's the, so here's the thing. Is that what you were trying so, to say? Because I think that's so, where you were going with it. Well, so okay. <laughs> so we knew you know, this movie had been on my list to see basically since it came out. I never saw it. Uh, my sister saw it in theaters. I think did she, she like it? it? I think so because she also at the time really loved Johnny Depp. Like this Who was around it? Pirates era, sort of, kind yeah. of. I think a little bit after. But you know, it's it's in that era in the in the 2000s, maybe at the tail end of it or whatever, where it was just like Johnny Depp was huge. And she loved Christian Bale, and it was just like one of those things where, like, now they're both, you know, tough men or whatever. You know, I don't know. But um, it was on my list to watch for a while, and I never did. Well, we checked it off. And I'm glad I checked it off. But so here's the thing. So Channing shows up. We're going to talk about the movie later after we do our our intro stuff. Channing shows up 10 minutes into the movie, dies 11 minutes into the movie. It is... And the movie's two hours and 21 minutes long. So there's <laughs> it's a long. lot of this movie that is not Channing Tatum. And I messaged you last night, and I was like, do you want to just stop watching? And I'm glad I saw it, but it's also like, hmm, I liked it, and we'll talk about it. But okay. there's a lot of this movie that's not Channing. There's there, there's a, a significant lack of Channing Tatum in this movie. There is. There's the void that only he could fill that is just mostly Johnny Depp's mustache. Apparently. Yeah. But yeah, so we will we'll talk about that later. But before we get there, let us do our level set, if you will, our mailbag, Tatum Tots, all that sort of fun stuff. So first up, mailbag. We've got an email address here on the show, mail, uh, magicmikes at cageclub.me. If you want to write in, yes. you want to let us know uh, what you think of this movie, if you want to think of Chan- like You could probably YouTube, I'm sure it's on YouTube, Channing Tatum scene, probably oh, you know 45 yeah. or a minute. But email in, write in, let us know what you think. Four emails today, Joe. Okay, wow, that's a lot, a lot more than I expected. So first up from Jenny McMullen. Hi, Jenny. Shout out, Jenny. Thought of you guys. Oh, I forgot about this. I saw this so long ago. She sent this back in January. Um, okay. Because you know we've we recorded last in December for Smallfoot. Yes. Hi guys. Saw this picture on, on my computer at work and thought you would like to see it too. That's all. Happy New Year later, Jenny. Well, we are recording in. March, March, and this is releasing in April, but Happy New Year, Jenny. Um, here, this is a picture she sent us. Let's see what it is. Sad celebrity breakups of 2018. Oh. It's, an, it's a photo gallery. It looks like on Bing, it's just Channing and Jenna. And, but uh, Channing's face looks really weird in this picture. It looks like they, like, smushed his face in. Like, if you use, like, the pinch function, the pinch function yeah. on, like... She looks great. He looks a looks little great. goofy. Yeah, he looks real goofy. Stupid look on his face. Uh, not his well. best. Not his best showing. Maybe that's why she broke up with him. She sees that face in the morning. <laughs> it's like a funhouse mirror, like a carnival mirror, but just in real life without a mirror. Yeah, she's like, God damn, put some makeup on. I can't deal with you. Our next three emails are all from Jess Montez. About a month ago or two, mid-February, she went through a crazy catch-up phase. As we record this, she is currently in Scotland, or maybe a couple different European oh, countries. Cool. She's having nice. a great time. So, yeah. Montez, when you listen to this, remember those memories of your Instagram posts and the things you've been sending me, and it's uh, great. Shout out Montez. Hope you're having a great time. You know, a month ago, I guess, as you're listening to this. So she she listened through, and as she does, she gives a little thoughts, and she rings our fire-ass titles. So the first yes. email up is, fire-ass titles and thoughts, step up to the street. She's another epic opener, loving the... Oh, so, okay, here's the other thing. 
because we record these every three months at a time, and because even when we're doing one month at a time, we already didn't remember things, so any reference she makes to things we said, no I don't idea. know. Yeah, go no for idea. It. Okay. Send it. Here's what she says. So thank you, Montez. Another epic opener loving the callback to fan fiction Zephron Lover 19. This Tatum Todd for his bike date with Chris Pine was hilarious. Who cares what Chris Pine was wearing? I don't remember that at all. Do you? Not, not in the least. I have never seen this movie, so it was funny listening to you guys talk about it. Parentheses. Also summarizing, so I never have to watch it, which you should watch. It can step up to the streets. It was great. Good movie. It was a great movie. Also, the letterbox game this time was hard. Even I couldn't guess the answers. Oh, I guess that's... I don't, do we know that Montez plays along at home? I guess we sort of assumed Montez I assume everyone along is playing along at home. Like, nobody's like... Like, you're at least thinking about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, like Wes, over on Too Fast, Too Forever, our the podcast we do the most often right now, when I was trying to have a resident historian Mike Manzi guess the celebrity sightings, uh, he was guessing A-Rod. So I guess people do play along at home, which is... Yeah, you have to. Like, you have to be like, it, you know, because we don't tell you at the top of it that this is who it is. You're going to, like, be trying to figure it out, too. Like, it's just natural. I th- it's natural. You have to do it. Um, so here she, she lists them all out. Oh, this is the episode with Liam on. Okay, so here... Uh, I'm not going to read all the answers because why do that? But uh, she says, Liam just crushed this game. My winner is, this is a Liam one, step up to your surrogate mom, your old school, your old crew, director Blake, your new school, your new crew, the streets. <laughs> with a tie with two dance, two serious. Also, Liam. You guys made me laugh a lot on this one. Thank you for that, Montez. So I think, I again, once again proving, just like Matt with... The Sharpay 2, or Sharpay 1, sorry, yeah. Sharpay 1. Sharpay 2 was just us. Just like Matt with Sharpay 1, Montez here with Step Up 2. When we bring Liam in, we're bringing in friends to listen to us. And they're like, you guys both suck. Liam's, Liam's the best. Liam's hilarious, so, yeah. yeah. He has a cult following. Go check out Nerd on Nerd and go check out Criterion Crack, his two podcasts. So. Yeah, there you go. Shout out Liam. Next one, Virus Titles, Stop Loss. L-O-L-O-L-O-L. Vaseline on your cat. That sounds so disgusting. Thank you for this image in my head. It's kind of like this. And she sent a picture, which is terrifying, which I'm going to send to you right now. Oh, yeah. Wet cats are not attractive. It's a picture of a cat that's like in a sink, just soaked. And like when you, you, if you have a cat and you wet it, you know that its eyes get real big and its body is very, very small. (laughs) Yeah. This is a terrifying cat. I gave my cats a bath once, and they were just not about it. Like, they don't mind water, but they were just, like, not happy at all that they got a bath, so. Yeah, when we got, when my parents got their kitten, not the most recent kitten, the kitten before that, maybe six or seven years ago, I think it came, it had fleas or something, so we had to bathe all the cats, and that was a nightmare. Yeah, they, they just don't like it yeah, at all. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Brushing, they're good with. They're cool with brushing, they're yeah. fine, but, like... No fucking bath no, time. No bath. No bath time. So Stop Loss was with Iceland, if you remember. Yes. We talked about Stop the Goss. game was, you know, how would you replace these actors with dogs, which was very good. Oh, yeah. That's right. So she she wrote all these down. She says, winner for the Fire titles, The Return, which was a Joe 2 one. So congratulations, Joe 2, Thank on your you. victory in Fire titles. My catch-up continues tomorrow, going through the one million episodes of Too Fast, Too Forever, even if it kills me, Montez. They're fun. You should do it. I hope yeah. she finished. I think she did. The last email we have, which I don't know if this was our last movie or not. Let's see here. Go ahead. Is she caught up otherwise? Let's see here. So, Step Up to the Streets, Stop Loss, and this is, is this? Smallfoot? Fighting. Fight, no, Fighting. So, she's, got, she's still got Smallfoot. She's got one more that she's not caught up here, and then she'll have this episode. So, maybe by the okay. time we do G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. 
Oh my god. She will be caught up, caught up. But Fire Titles Fighting, she said, I'm in all capital letters, and this is definitely you because you love this movie. I'm so excited that you mentioned Brick. I love that movie so much. I do. I love Brick, too. I like it. I was thinking about it, and I just, I still can't get over Noir in high school. I mean, I, I, I've seen it again. It's teenage woke. It. It's like, it's very woke teenage noir yeah. You know, with with the pin, with the kingpin and everything. And, you know. So she listed all these out. Winner, which was a Joe 2, and again, the dog pound. Ooh, I like it. Now the real question, do I listen to the Smallfoot episode or wait until I've seen the movie Decisions, Decisions, Montez? Well, Montez, it's out on DVD now. I know you still have Netflix DVD, so if you want to get that disc... She uh, still has Netflix hopefully... DVD? Oh, God, yeah. She still sends me pictures. She's like, look at me. Because I think I told her a while ago, like, what I would do... Is like because they were new on the first of the month, right? So like, yeah. it, what I, when, it, when I was paying for it, it was like eight or nine bucks for one disc. Exactly. And so on Same. the twenty ninth of the month, I would go up to six discs. So it would charge me like the the difference. Like so, say six discs for a full month is like twenty five dollars, right? Yeah. This doesn't matter to anybody because nobody gets these except for Montez anymore. Yeah. But she does this, I think, because of me, or maybe she was doing it separately. Anyway, on like the two or three days before the end of the month, I would go up to six discs. Nor- normally for a month you have to pay an extra $15 or whatever. But it prorates it. But they prorate it. So you pay an extra like dollar. Yeah. As soon as they ship them all out, you get the emails like shipped, you just go back down to one. So the downside is that you can't get a new one until you return them all, but you're basically, because I was always able to watch them faster than Netflix could send and receive and ship, and you know, yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. So at the end of the month, pay an extra dollar, get a whole bunch of movies, watch all those, send them all back, and go from there. So she sends me... Every once in a while, when she does this at the end of the month, a picture of, like, six discs. And she's getting new movies, but, like, Montez, just stream. Yeah, yeah, who knows? I kind of like the tangibility of a disc, but if I if I get the disc, then I want the book and the cover, well, yeah, too. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you know me. You, you know have, what my, you my very, house looks like. Yeah. I buy so many movies, but I also, like, my problem with the Netflix discs is because I had so many issues with them. Like, they were scratched, they wouldn't play or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I also just don't like the having to wait. Like, you know, if I need a disc, I would just go to, like, if I can't stream something for whatever, I guess Netflix has a bigger catalog, archive, whatever, but you could just go to a, a Redbox or whatever, right? And you yep. can just get a disc right then and there. I don't know. Like a dollar, and you can return it to any Redbox. But shout out, Montez. Thank you for writing in. So anyway, listen to Smallfoot, or watch Smallfoot, listen to that episode, listen to this episode, and we'll catch you for G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra on July 11th. So Tatum Tots, there's a couple things, you know, I don't, I haven't written anything down, but the big thing, so I, I don't know if we talked about, did we talk about last episode, Jesse J, he and Jesse J are a, yes. a couple now? We just, we just, we mentioned it, they were like seen together or something. I don't think we like established that they were like a couple. Well, he is uh, he has a very type. thirsty for her on Instagram. That's all I know. Well, he's a big Instagrammer. We learned. He is. He really is. He loves the gram. He does it for the gram. Flexing for the gram. Yeah. The other big thing, and I don't know if you saw this this week, was that because Fantastic Four, the new Fantastic Four, the one with Miles Teller, our boy from the Zack Attack movie, That Awkward Moment, um, who was terrible in that movie and sort of a, a douchebag in real life, according to reports, because his Fantastic Four was so, so, so bad and like such a flop... At least, I thought it was Go fine. Ahead. I didn't think it was terrible, but, you know, people yeah. hated it. It flopped the box office. Because that was so bad, Channing Tatum's Gambit movie was canceled. I know. But the studio was making it. They decided not to. Although today, this morning, I saw a thing that said the director of Gambit compared his movie to The Godfather, which tells me he probably shouldn't be making the Gambit movie. <laughs> I Yeah, that's that was my Tatum thought, too. And I do love the... That he, he describes it as Godfather with mutants, and that's yeah. You just don't don't ever do that. 
that's really bad. <laughs> like, I don't mind superhero movies. They're brain mush. Like, yeah. I'll watch them, but they're not film. You know what I mean by any... They're not public enemies. They're, they're definitely not public enemies. <laughs> they're their own thing, for sure. It's probably better off that we didn't see this Godfather of Gambit Channing Tatum movies. Or maybe I really want to see it. I hope it goes straight to DVD one day. Yeah, maybe. Let's just see here. What else? Um, I'm just scrolling through my Google alerts right now to see if there's anything else that pops up with Channing Tatum. I mean, that's a, a lot, lot of Jesse J. J bullshit. It's a lot yeah. of Jesse J. Yeah, that's what I found. Because today. is she more famous than he is? I guess. It's hard. That's something that's hard to say. I think he was more famous than Jenna Dewan, but I feel like in popularity, maybe he, he he's now dating a more famous person, but I don't know. I also feel weirdly like he's not in the public eye much anymore. I feel like, I don't know if it's because of the, the divorce or if it's just because he had, like he was he so invested in Gambit. Yeah. Like, we haven't we haven't seen a lot of acting. Oh, Channing Tatum was originally, this is another thing, was originally going to be in Avatar. Do you remember that? We think we talked about that on yes. maybe a Too Fast, Too Forever, that he yeah. was on the short list. He and Chris Evans, um, Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's all I got. I'm just looking. I'm still looking. Oh, and also, since last time, I guess he had a new movie come out. He was in the Lego Movie Two, the second piece. He's doing a lot of voice acting. We talked about this on Smallfoot. Yep. And so when we get to the Lego Movie, we will do the Lego Movie, the Lego Movie Two, and the Lego Batman Movie all in the same episode. So it's a lot of watching, but like he doesn't have a lot of parts in any of them. So yeah, exactly. Just plays Lego Superman, which is pretty cool, but. You know, we'll get to that when we get to that. Not this year, I can tell you that much. Amen. So that's all we got, Tatum Tots. Uh, no guest today, so we're going to just, you know, dive right in to the uh, the movie talk. And he, so here's what I wanted to say at the, at the top of this, Joe, was that... Go ahead. In my head, I was like, okay, so we did War of the Worlds, where he's not in. We talked about that for an hour. Yeah. Now we have a Tom Cruise podcast, so I have to watch that movie again and talk about that. And there's going to be more to talk about for Tom Cruise, obviously. But, you know, I was looking at the list. I was trying to figure out where this falls, where this ranks, and, like... Battle in Seattle, he's not in a ton. Supercross, he's not in a ton. Havoc, he's not in a ton. He's in it more than these. I know, but Stop Loss, he's not in it a ton. Uh, Smallfoot, he's got a voice. He's the leading voice, but he's not on screen. Step Up 2, he's not in it a ton. It's just a cameo. Coach Carter, he's not in it a ton. You know, Public Enemies, I have it in the middle of this. Like, I was going to put it next to last just because I was like, he's on screen for a minute. But I feel like how much I'd like the movie relative to the other movies and just the fact that he's not in a lot of these movies like more than like five or ten minutes, it's a slow build-up to the uh, career of Channing Tatum. It is. We, we started out real slow. I do think he's in this one a lot less than any other one. I think that one minute is like the lowest we've seen. Like he's in Coach... Like he's in the other ones a lot more yeah. than this. He gets yeah. like five to ten minutes like... Havoc he's in like he's not in it a ton but he's in more than one scene well so yeah so I think that the thing that the thing that this most directly correlates with is step up two that was very clearly I think it looked like a favor right like I'm not going to be in this but I'll be in this to sort of keep the continuity alive yeah exactly and he actually like has a cool role he does the like trampoline jump time. oh yeah it's, it's the greatest thing of all time Dunk the although shirt. this is important and we'll get to the Channing Tatum awards later he dies in this movie he does. He does. He gets gunned down. Have we seen him die in any other ones yet? Christian Bale. I'm trying to think. Um, let me open up my uh, my Channing Tatum awards doc because we have a best death category. I think by default on all the awards lists, and I don't know if we. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think he died in any of the other ones. No, maybe um maybe stop goss stop loss. He might die in maybe? that one. Maybe. I don't remember. Let's see here. Do we have best death? Because I feel like if he died. No, so I don't have best death as a category. So I think I think if he died, I would have added it. So I think he, this is the first okay. death. Cool. I think. Maybe. Who knows? 
Honestly, who can say? Not me. I, I messaged you last night. My, my big takeaway from this movie, this is a Michael Mann movie. He directed the new Miami Vice movie. He did, you know, Manhunter, which is the prequel to The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I didn't know Michael that. Mann has also done Heat. Like, he's a very well-known, acclaimed director. Yes. But this also comes at a time, and I was telling you about, like, in terms of, like, the, the mid to late 2000s, where, like, digital cameras were all the rage, and he was trying new things. And, like, I think this movie looks like shit intentionally so it feels like a lot of it to me was shot on like handy cam yeah or like you know it was like made for like youtube shorts like mm-hmm. it has the same production quality as snl skits or like you know what i mean like desus and marrow type skits that you would yeah, see like th- in a show like it's just shot kind of like that where it's like it's almost a movie but not I think the goal here is to make it look gritty and realistic and like you're right there with it. And I, I understand that and I appreciate that. I think it just doesn't hold up. And I think that might just be because the, the this trend never really caught on. Like, I feel like this really dates it to this era. I think it's unique. I think it's an interesting choice and I don't mind that he did it. I just think watching it 10 years later, it's difficult to really wrap your mind around the presentation of it all. Yeah, I wonder if we'll say that about like red camera movies like 4k movies at some point will be like oh man like you can tell it really dates it i don't think so i don't think so because like you think about like if you watch movies if you watch like et and stuff like you know spielberg movies from the 80s like they still look in a sense like modern movies like you can tell that they they actually they do look different but i think that they're similar enough to what we're looking at today like i think that one with technology and steven soderbergh who we did the whole podcast about me and Mike and Tobin over on Cinemakers, he loves just experimenting with weird shit. And, like, he shot multiple movies on iPhones. Yeah. And, like, so that new movie that came out this year, High Flying Bird, which we're going to cover in the next month or so, which actually might be out possibly by the time this episode comes out or right around now, that movie was shot entirely on an iPhone. And, like, it doesn't look bad, but it looks weird. And I think it's, like... Your brain knows. Yeah. And it's, like, people are going to know that this was something different. And I don't think... I Like, obviously, you know, like, Tangerine was shot on an iPhone. Tangerine is awesome. And, like, I think that works. This is just, like, I'm trying something new to see what I can do with it, but also I'm Steven Soderbergh, and my movie stars Andre Holland, and, like, it's just, it's it's a major motion picture, but it's just shot on an iPhone. I think we're in a weird time, like, whenever technology, you know, rapidly accelerates and directors can be like, I want to try something new, you know, we get a movie like Michael Mann's Public Enemies. Yeah, we definitely do. Can we talk about the movie? Sure. We know that Channing's only in it for a minute. Should we do the Channing part first, or should we do the movie part first? Let's do the Channing part first. Let's get it out of the way. So, we were watching this movie last night, and we had happened to turn it on at about the same time, which was kind of strange, because we had been talking, we both Mm -hmm. were like, okay, we're going to leave to go watch a movie, I go go to the bathroom, get a water, come back upstairs, turn on the movie, and we realized that we're like... 20 30 seconds apart like yeah, we're you're like, just you're a you're a little little bit ahead of me just a tiny bit so we're watching it and i'm like man there's like everyone in this movie right like you know you start out you see johnny depp yep you start getting like all of these like side and back characters that i would recognize from everywhere and then i'm like where's christian bale come in and I was like, oh, there he is. And you were like, oh, we were at the same part of the movie. And then, like, one of the first scenes you see with Christian Bale is he's, like, chasing someone. 
like through the woods, right? So here, so even before we get there, so in the opening scene, Johnny Depp plays John Dillinger, the famous bank robber. Yes. Um, and like, there's a there's a prison break early in the movie. Yes. And I'm watching this, and there's a guy who like looks like Channing that like gets a gun handed to him, and he's got like the surfer cut, and like it could be Channing, like, it, but it kind of it's hard to tell. I think because of quick cutting and yeah, everyone kind of looks similar. Break. Exactly. The video, like the, the way that it's actually shot, I think, makes it difficult for me to tell people apart. And I'm like, is this Channing? Is this not Channing? I thought it for a while it was. Yeah. And then it turns out it's not because of the scene you're about to talk about. You were asking me, like, is Channing in this prison break scene? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I couldn't really recognize him. And I was like, if that's all we get, that's really bad. Right? Like, if he's just, like, one of the guys in the back. He's, like, essentially an extra at that point. Right. But no, he he's a real character. Pretty Boy Floyd. Not Pretty Boy Floyd, which I like. That's a good... I'm glad that that's the character he got picked to be, is Pretty Boy Floyd. Like, good job casting Channing Tatum as Pretty Boy. And so he's, like, running through the woods. Christian Bale just shoots him. Well, so he shoots Adam, misses. Channing turns around, sort of fires his Tommy gun, misses wildly. Christian Bale takes a shot again, hits him, goes up to him, kills him. And he's like, Pretty Boy, he's like, my name is Charles Floyd. Dead. That's it. Yep. Yeah, cool. that's the whole. That's that's all of Channing in this movie. Yeah, he's first guy to die. First scene with pretty much the first scene with Christian Bale. And well, I guess he's, he's technically the second guy to die because one guy dies in that prison break. We don't know who he is, but somebody, oh, got, yeah. somebody dies. Like in the falls break. out of the car or whatever. Yeah, he gets shot and he tries to hold on, and just falls out, and you know Johnny Depp's very upset about it. But yeah, I mean, because it was one of those things where just like, oh well, because so I, I said to you that I think I spoiled something for myself, and you said yes. what? And I was googling Channing Tatum, which just says like Channing Tatum either scene or death scene or something. We'll play that game later. Um, I can't imagine what else there would possibly be for this movie for the Google game. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right. And if you like Google image Channing Tatum, because I was just trying to like get a sense of like, is that him in the prison uniform? Yeah, exactly. And like the second picture in Channing Tatum Public Enemies is him bloody on the ground and I was like oh okay so he dies yeah. and like that was like four minutes into the movie I was just trying to figure out like I'm like is this guy I'm looking at Channing Tatum because I can't yes. tell yeah. and it wasn't but I was about to see him and not see him ever again and not see him ever again <laughs> but this movie is crazy like this movie has so many people yeah no it, the casting is great I love the casting in it but nothing's really happening no for, for so much action it's such a fucking slow movie you know that he's going to get caught and killed at the end. Like, that's just how this happens. Like, even if you don't know the story of John Dillinger, you know that, like, there's not this, like, great unsolved bank robbery case. You yeah, he's, I mean? not, like, um, you know... he's not, what's his name, like, D.B. Cooper or something. Yeah. It's not and like he's, like, going to get away. This movie's not ending with him jumping out of an airplane and then, you know, par- not parachuting. And even whatever. then we would know the, the ending to that movie, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And, man, oh, man, it's the biggest joy, I think, and I think this is probably the same for you, is that, like, Every scene, you're like, oh, shit, that guy. Oh, shit, Same. that girl. Like, that was the best part like... about the whole movie. Yep. Because I want to know, like, the storyboard to this movie was probably like, it's like, okay, jail, out of jail, bank robbery, and then just, like, one of those three again in a different order. <laughs> right? It's like, it's like another bank robbery, jail again, out of jail, bank robbery. Scene with uh, Marion Cotillard where he's like, I'm going to die in your arms, them making out a horse track. Jail, bank robbery, Marion Cotillard, <laughs> jail, bank robbery. Police station is like the twist, bank robbery, jail. I wanted I wanted more of a story to this. It's such Did a cool like premise. No. No, I Not didn't at all. At all. No. Not at all. I just liked that the like, the casting was cool and seeing all like the random actors pop in this movie, I was like, that's awesome. But there's too many actors to make it cohesive. 
So that's the wild thing. If you look on IMDb in terms of the order of casting, right? So Christian Bale is number one. I don't know who the Doesn't second guy is. I think one of his buddies uh, is number two. Then Jason Clark is number three. So here, I want to, say, I want to take a, a quick detour. So Jason Clark is the guy, you've seen him in a bunch of things. I don't know how to describe him in this movie because he's a generic see. white guy. <laughs> that that one white guy. Kind oh, of yeah, everybody. this guy. Yeah. He kind of looks like Walking Phoenix, but kind of not. But kind of like heavier. I guess Walking Phoenix varies or whatever. But he's, he's he's less pretty Walking Phoenix kind of. But he's in a movie with Shia called Lawless, which is set around this time, but it's about bootleggers. Um, okay. Where it's three brothers. It's the two of them, and it's brothers. also oh, it's Tom Hardy. Okay. And it rules. Like it's great. Okay. Um, and he's kind of the middle brother. I think you know Tom Hardy's the wild card. Shia's the the young, young. one, the sort of getting the trouble one kind of or whatever. Yeah. I'm generalizing. Jason Clark's sort of the, the middle brother trying to keep it all together, maybe the older brother or whatever. But that movie's great, and we talked about it for all his movies when Mike and I did that podcast, and that was really cool. And here, it's just like, you don't have anything to do, man. Like, it's just whatever. There's a lot of people in this movie. There's there's a lot of people in this movie. There's a lot of characters in this movie. Very few of them are necessary. And I wonder, I really wonder why there's so many here, because it's like, it's like you get somebody, like, you know, at the end, you're like, oh, this person. And I was like, oh, yeah, Lily Sobieski, who's, like, yeah. fairly famous, but she's in 45 seconds? Yeah. Like, she, why it, not just have a working actress? Like, you don't need a famous person. You don't. You absolutely don't. I like that, Um, for us, obviously, as fans of Too Fast, or Fast and the Furious, that we had um, Braga. Oh, Braga's, Braga, yes. Uh, Hern, is his name Hernan Reyes? No. Uh, Reyes is the other bad guy. In John Ortiz. John Ortiz, yeah. He just which shows we, up. Which at, we talked at, about. I don't. I forgot until we until you said it, but like when we recorded Fast and Furious for Lap 3, the same year that movie came out, this movie came out, because we were talking with Mike, we're like, this guy's in everything. He can do everything. And then we're like, oh, he's in the same thing. So when we watched Channing, and then I completely forgot. But he's got like a pretty big part, and he's like 50, 50th build. Like, why are there so many people above him? Like, I don't understand also the order of casting. Why is Johnny Depp fourth build? I don't know. This is firmly a Johnny Depp movie. I think that IMDb ranks them based on, like, who searches for what in what movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like that. It's not 100%, like, billing. You know, it's not, like, right and how it should be, like, screen time or something. Or importance. It's it's I just guess. random. Yeah. I guess. But, like, why is Christian Stolt above him? I don't know. But, like, also in this movie, of note, are Stephen Dorff, who plays uh, Mahershala Ali's partner on the new season True Detective. Carrie Mulligan's in here, but I don't know if I saw her. I just missed her. Giovanni Ribisi's in here. Yeah, Giovanni Ribisi just shows up out of fucking nowhere. And he's, like, another three-line act. He's in, like, four scenes... And has, like, three lines. We got Emily DeRavine, or Emily DeRavin, who plays Claire on Lost. She's in here somewhere. Billy Crudup is in here somewhere. Marion Cotillard, obviously, we talked about. Dominic Lombardozzi, a.k.a. Herc from The Wire, is in here. Yeah, The Wire shows up out of nowhere. There's other people, though. Stephen Lang's been in a bunch of stuff. He's in here. Lily Taylor shows up out of nowhere in here. These are all people who have, like, a scene, and it's like, oh, okay, why? Why? I don't... I liked the movie a lot. It sounds like a lot more than you. I thought it was interestingly made. I, I sort of enjoyed watching it. I agree that there's if you, not if you a watch lot it, that you're happens. Right. It, it, it's interestingly made. I can respect the like the actual bits and pieces of making the movie, but just there's so many choices that don't make any sense to me. Like, why did you cast all these actors and give them like a half a part? Like, pretty much just a nudge above an extra when you could have just made this a Christian Bale, Johnny Depp movie, let those two just run free and taking everybody off the screen, you know? Yeah, like a cat and mouse game. Yeah, and there's just, like, there's not enough interplay between them because, like, they don't really run into each other. Like, I'm assuming, based on the choices, 
that this was almost a real life look at what was happening. There so wasn't that's a... what's interesting. So there's some trivia about that. So I think it, it feels based on real life, but in the beginning of the movie, Channing Tatum shot by Melvin Purvis, who's Christian Bale, and died shortly thereafter. In actuality, the guy that Channing Tatum was playing, Pretty Boy Floyd, was shot by a retired East Liverpool, Ohio cop. Then, Ooh. according to the FBI, Purvis questioned him. Receiving only curses, Purvis ordered another agent to shoot Floyd. Also, the movie suggests Floyd died before John Dillinger. Floyd was actually killed three months of the day after Dillinger. So, like, it's all sort of right and also wildly wrong at the same time. So it feels like this is, let's be true to life, but it's not that. If you're going to take, like, poetic license with this story, make it fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, make it wacky, make it fun, make it more of a cat and mouse game. Like, do, like, I wanted this more to be, like, a catch-me-if-you-can with Christian Bale and Johnny Depp. You know what I mean? This, like, yeah. interplay, kind of he's always right behind him, but he can never get up to him type thing. They don't meet until the end. But really, it's like they're just, like, doing two separate things, and then there's character development of people that aren't really characters. That's how I was confused. My biggest problem on a high level with this movie is that Christian Bale is not a character. He's just a guy out for a guy. Like, that's it. Like, we don't know any... Like, he just like he's just possessed by, yes, like, yeah. his urge to get him. Like, exactly. We don't know. we don't know why. Because we spend all that character development time on these extras that were famous actors that needed to be in this movie for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the fuck? Why? This, this definitely needed more backstory. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a slice-of-life movie where, like, if, if they want to throw you into an action movie, go full tilt. Throw me into the action. Don't tell me anything about anything that's happening no love story except in like passing that you might connect and just fucking go for the dillinger story or give me like a background fun movie with christian bale johnny depp explaining why they're doing they're each doing each of it and then have them meet up right but it gave me neither of those it's like playing this in-between game that i don't like or i would also be happy with like a johnny depp marion cotillard movie where like there's just a cop who's not played by christian bale just exactly. after them and like we don't have to care that like this comes out the year after the dark knight like this is very clearly batman pursuing johnny depp it's like well i have to care about him because i know him as an actor like it feels like it's just a I weird agree with sort you. of middle ground yeah yeah we could have done any of these options that we just gave i would have been happier with the with the movie than what we got which is like it feels like they kind of like whitewashed it like one of these movies where they like um they give you parts of everything they're trying to appeal to the greatest audience possible so they're like okay like it'll be about john dillager but it'll also be kind of about christian bale and like johnny depp and it's a love story but it's also about bank robberies and it's like dude just give me one fucking thing and just screw the rest of the people that don't care yeah let's see here what else do i have oh so what one thing that was i found was interesting was that we always talked about how like channing has been stuck in high school right for a lot of these movies he's been stuck in high school he's a 25 year old playing an 18 year old or whatever weirdly uh channing tatum billy crudup and two other guys are the only actors in the entire movie playing characters their own age so finally age appropriate the biggest discrepancy i think the most notable one is that john dillinger was 31 when he died and johnny depp was 45 in this movie johnny depp's looking old in this movie that's for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. The only other trivia of note about this movie is that Jason Clark, who we talked about before, he and Shannon Tatum will both be in White House Down when we get to that in a couple of years or whatever. Whatever Black we're Hawk gonna get Down? to that. White House Down, interesting. Which is very cool. It's, it's, it's Jamie Foxx is the president. Oh, I don't think I have any other notes about the movie. I didn't take any notes about the movie at all. Once we got to the Channing Tatum dying part, I was like, okay, cool, I am good. Yeah, because I I stopped taking notes there, and then the last thing I wrote down was just. 
bye bye blackbird which is what i guess he said to the cop to say to marion cotillard when he died and she's she gets some kind of closure i guess but yeah yeah is there anything else you want to say about the movie before we move over to the games portion of this? No, I gave my biggest qualm about that. I liked all the actors, that's for sure. It didn't draw me in emotion-wise, like with the score, with the music. That didn't bring me... Because like, I've seen movies like this that like I can get drawn into with the accoutrements, like the other parts of this. If like the music is eerie or you mm-hmm. know enticing, it can bring you deeper into the movie. And there's been plenty of movies that like we started watching, and I was like, I wasn't really feeling it at the beginning, but like by the end, I was like glued to it. And this just felt like so repetitive and cookie cutter that I was just like, I don't care about this movie. It was nothing. It was nothing new and surprising to me, minus the wacky cameraness of it being a digital camera of the era. That was the... Like, I started paying attention and being like, wow, this really feels like it was shot on Handycam or, like, somebody strapped a GoPro to themselves. And, like, that's what it felt like. But other than that, no. Like, there's something, I think, cool about how close you are to everything. Like, that's Michael Band's style. Like, I think that there's there's something to be said about, like, the, the intimacy of it all. But it just... Yeah. You know, it doesn't... It looks kind of like... I mean, it would require us to have, like, really good camera skills, I think, but, like, it, it just doesn't look wildly different, just visually, not in terms of, like, the actual shooting, something that we could just do, because it just feels like it's not, it's, it's exactly. I think it's meant That's to be that way, like, it's not, it's not a Hollywood studio, I'm not saying we could do this, like, do not, no, I'm, do, don't, don't get it twisted. No, I'm not saying we could do this either, but I'm, that's what I, that's why I compared it to, like, skits in another show, like, it felt doable, like, I don't see anything that I'm like, oh, man, only James Cameron could have made this shot, you know what I yeah. mean, like... I think it's more, I think, you know, you were comparing it before to, like, SNL and Deezus and and stuff. Like, I think it's closer more to, like, just kind of, like, good YouTube stuff in a way that, that's like... That's what I said, yeah, YouTube. Yeah. It's, it seems like YouTube shorts. You know, some kid in film school that's making YouTube videos that are, like, not on a real studio set, production camera, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is really good for what you have. And this is, like, you had everything, and it looks like that. And, I mean, I was telling you that, like, the people in Letterboxd, we will play the Letterboxd game in a little bit, that people in Letterboxd whose taste I respect and, you know, admire and stuff, like, love this movie. You know, the most popular review is a five-star review that, you know, is it's the most liked review on there. So, like, people like this movie, but overall, Why? the average is a 3.1. A lot of the people I follow, like, like only five or six people, I think, that I follow gave the, or had seen this movie, rated this movie, a lot were in the three and three and a half range, which is where I fell. Yeah, same. I think if you connect with this, you could be like, yeah, this is this is what I want. But it just there's a barrier to entry, and I think I, I I really do wonder, and I don't I don't think it's holding us back, but I wonder if we were watching this for Christian Bale or Johnny Depp or literally anyone other than Channing Tatum, if we would have liked it more. If we, no, if we had more I don't of think so. Investing interest in it, you don't think so? I don't think so. maybe maybe for Johnny Depp. I think if we were watching it for Christian Bale, we'd be very disappointed. Any other of the hundreds like Giovanni Ribisi we'd have been very disappointed yep Lily whatever stick around for our Giovanni Ribisi podcast Uh, sticks to your Ribisis (laughs) do you have any other thoughts about uh, Public Enemies before we move on to the games I wish there was more training in it and if we know now that Pretty Boy Floyd was like a real person that like stuck around for a while it's like well fuck why didn't we just give him a real role in this movie? I would have liked to see Johnny Depp have a sidekick. That's another no. option that could have played out really yeah. well. I also want to know how how Channing Tatum, like, like oh, you're going to be in a Michael Mann movie. Cool. All right, you have, like, one line. Okay, cool. Uh, it's just a day of shooting. Okay, okay, cool. Like, I wonder what the ask is there. I don't know. Do you think that the actors get paid, like, much less if they just give them, like, one line? I think so. I think it's. I think you probably get, like, a day rate or something. 
I mean, he's more of like he's more of a name kind of, but also not really. I don't know. No, but I'm saying like Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, he brought him in. He he, had, mm. he sh- probably shot for like two days at the most. I mean, he's not getting what he normally would get, and I think I I don't I don't see I don't I don't know how contracts movie. work. Yeah, I don't know either. So Joey just sent you in Discord the uh, Public Enemies trailer, if you want to get that ready. So if you want to go to YouTube Ooh. and search Public Enemies trailer, this is from Watch Culturetainment. There are actual, I don't know what this is. There's like, I think Universal maybe put, maybe put one up there, Fandango put one up there. But this has 4 million views. The other ones only have 700,000. So this so must be the one. In my mind, yeah. this is the official one. So Joe, let me know when you're all, all queued up and we can yeah. play it. All right, three, two, one, play. Universal. Kind of black and white, it's kind of washed out. Oh yeah, when we watched, you know, we watched Fast and Furious 6 last night before we recorded this, and that was a Universal, and when this came out, I was like, oh cool, another Universal, I was like, oh no, this is wildly different yeah. from that movie. This is making it seem... See, this movie makes it look more stylized. More stylized, more serious, and it also makes it look like it's like more of like a, a biopic, right? Like, finally brought to justice. Well, it is a biopic, it's just... No, not... it's not like... A biopic in my head that would be more serious than this. I like this scene. I wish we got more of this when he's like joking around with the the reporters. Like, they, like he's a likable guy. That they people, made him like he's you know? supposed to be charismatic and likable and fun, and they keep referencing this, but Johnny Depp doesn't do it in the movie that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Trains. War on crime. Tommy guns, driving. There's lots of shots of somebody's chin, right? There's lots of shots from, like, the chest, like, but looking up. Yeah, I liked... Oh, there are a couple shots I really liked. You know, there's... Like, I like the stuff in the woods. The wood stuff looks really cool. And the, my favorite part, though, was when he was in the movie theater... And they're playing the thing before, like, look to your left, look to the right, see if he's around. And then they're looking from under him up to the ceiling, and then the light comes on above. Like, I thought that was really cool. There's stuff I liked, it's just... Yeah, they're at the horse racing. Like, I think my problem, I think, you know, what we were saying before, I think a better way to sum it up is, like, I think visually, I like it, it's just the story is muddled. Yes, I agree. I can agree with that. I think the vis- visually it's strange, but it works. I think just the story is just, you know, it's 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 overstuffed. Don't come to Chicago, Johnny. I did like at the very be- like maybe it's one of his first lines in the movie. It's like somebody's like you know John Dillinger. He's like you know John and my friends, but I'd rather you call me Mister Dillinger. It's like well, just like yeah, whatever. It's pretty badass. Prison guard. I agree. Sooner or later. She will go to him. And this makes the movie look like there's a lot more Christian Bale in it than there is, right? Yeah, like, there's a, there's a decent amount of him, but there's not nearly as much as this sort of implies. No, it implies it's, like, half and half. Also, if you look at IMDb and he's top build, it's like, oh, this is a Christian Bale movie. Definitely no. not. Not in my opinion. That, that first bank robbery scene when he has the double guns out, I think that's a pretty cool one. Okay, the trailer was, like, kind of misleading, I think. But also compare that to the Gosby on the Pines, and I know that's only, like, a third his movie, but, like, those bank robberies are awesome. Like, this is, like, it just sort of feels like it's all similar. And I know it's a different era, and it's a different thing altogether. It's hard to compare, but, you know, it is what it is. The golden era of crime. Man, I was thinking about that when I was watching this. That was another thing that I drifted off into is, like, dude, how sick... First of all, there's no bank robbers anymore. Right. Oh, we, what, what was I just talking about? Was it with you or was it with somebody it was else? It me when we were talking about golden era of crimes. 
Like, we were talking about something else, though, in a different context. We grew up in the wrong time to murder people. Yeah. But this is also pretty badass, because it's like, you could rob a bank. There's, like, no bank robbers anymore, because, like, all the stuff's, like, digital and, and stuff. But, like, back in the day, you could just, like, walk into a bank. There's no cameras. The tellers, like, it's not, like, locked up or anything. You know what I mean? There's not, like, high, bulletproof glass. You just walk in, you're like, give me all the fucking money. And then you just leave. And they're like, oh, it was a guy. He was a white guy with a mustache. Okay, fine. Prove it to me. <laughs> and as long as you wear gloves, they don't get your fingerprints. There's no DNA, so they can't, like, prove you were there. Be like, I was fucking walking my dog. There's also that documentary. It was a story that I heard about years ago, and then they made, like, a short documentary, I think, for that HBO aired where that guy was convicted of a crime or accused of a crime or convicted or something. Like, it was some point in the legal process, and he's like, I wasn't there. I was at a Dodgers game. They watched, like, the somebody was shooting. I think it was, oh, it was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David was at a Dodgers game, and in one shot or two shots, like a half a second in a second, uh, he was proven, like, he was walking down the stairs with his daughter at the time of the crime. They're like, oh, I guess he didn't do it. Oh, that's like, crazy. It's, it's stuff like that. Like, it also can work the other way around. Like, you have to be either really dumb or incredibly smart to pull off a crime now. You know what I mean? Like, if, mm-hmm. if there's no... The above-average criminal, it, it we've, we've worn it away. Yeah, there's not just, like, a life of crime anymore. You can't just be, like, a run-of-the-mill... Not for, like, you know, selling drugs out of your basement. I'm talking, like robbing banks and stuff like that. There's no real street robberies anymore. It's a lot of muggings. You don't hear stores getting robbed as much. Well, I guess I guess it depends on what your what your what level of crime you're looking at. But when I interned at a newspaper, you know, in college, so I guess a decade ago now, every day one of the things that I would do is I would just read the police blotter and every yeah. you know, local town would send in the stuff and like every day it was all like underage juvenile or whatever uh, accused of shoplifting at the mall like you know people people steal stuff all the time it's just you know yeah but you know armed robbery no yeah that's what i'm saying like there's a lot of like sure there's shoplifting but it's not like you know you walk into a bank with guns and like it's it's a crime a guy walks into a bank a guy walks into a bar yeah so we can't really play the google game because i sort of gave it away before the only thing channing tatum public enemies or public enemies channing tatum is just seen and youtube like there's nothing else because there's nothing else notable about him yeah that's true it could be cool if it was hat or suit or gun or something but suit yeah i was thinking suit there's nothing to do there so letterbox game okay let me go to public enemies on letterbox and i'm also going to go to mad max fury road so the letterbox game is a couple different games so for comparison's sake, Joe, Mad Max Fury Road has been logged by 334,000 Letterbox members. 334,334,000, okay? Okay. Public Enemies, which came out a decade ago, starring Christian Bale, Johnny Depp, Giovanni Ribisi, Billy Crudup, Marion Cotillard, oh. Emily DeRavin, Channing Tatum, has been seen by how many people? I'm gonna guess... And just just so you know, we're in the number where it's thousands, so there's no hundreds. I mean, there's... The, I, there, I, I can see the exact number, but it just rounds to the nearest thousands. If you just want to guess a thousand, that'll be... You know, that's all we have to do for this game. Yeah, I was gonna... Uh, I'm gonna go 47,000. Higher. Higher! Okay, cool. 63,000? In between. 54,000. 56,000. So the exact number is 55,728. Damn. So 55,728. Average score of 3.1 from those people. Joe, how many people of those 56,000 have this in their top four movies of all time? Um, 32. I don't know how the fuck you did that, but you're dead on. No way. 32. No way. Seriously? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's so, awesome. Good shit. I think that's the first one I hit dead on. I think the first one that's not like one or two or something. You might have gotten one, like a, a, another one. Zero. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, the one that's an actual number, that's crazy. Yeah, damn. <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to go to... Let me actually see if I can if we can get these guys. That's not going to be a great one. You can get one of those, but... I can't believe I hit that dead on. Good for me, man. Good for you. I'm proud. Here. I'm looking for somebody who gave it five stars, wrote a review, has it in their top five, top four. Okay, we can do this one. This is good. Okay. Just read a review somebody we're not going to do. Jaden House says, this is easily my favorite movie of all time. Wow. There's just so much to love about it. I cry every time. Highly recommended. Cry when? What was the crying Couldn't part? tell you, man. Okay. Didn't make me emotional, but okay, sure. Uh, he's on Twitter at jrhouse6. Doesn't tweet anymore. Doesn't use Letterboxd anymore. He's in Honduras, so maybe there's a... Maybe he's got a connection down there. But okay. On Letterboxd, Mickey, M-I-K-K-I, at M-I-K-K-I, writes, A detailed, rough story about John Dullinger brought within your face style. Five stars. So, Joe, this movie is Mickey's fourth favorite movie of all time, according to this. Right? Yeah. He no longer uses Letterboxd anymore. That's the last fine. time he used it was in April... April 2015. So just in the, keep in mind, movies from the last four years are not... Um, not here. It doesn't matter. So what are what are his top four movies of all time? You can get... I think you'll get Dark at least two. Dark Knight is number three. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can get the top... Blow? No. So number two has... I don't think it has anything to do with this movie. I mean, I'm sure that there's maybe an actor that crosses over, but it feels like if you're like, oh, that's the same kind of movie. Like, as we know, it doesn't fellas. really help. No, but you're very close. Um, Donnie Brasco. No, but you're still very close. A Bronx Tale. More recent. I don't know what that. Um, it came. It won Best Picture, I think, at the Oscars. Oh fuck! Uh, oh, God, not a big. Two thousand six, sh- I think. Yeah, not a big short. The like, oh god, the gangster one that was all over the place. That one too. Fuck, I don't remember the name of it. But like, you like you know, it's, it's like it's the same movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. It's the same exact day. movie. Yeah. What is it? Another cat and mouse. The Departed. The Departed. No, I was thinking of a different one. I was thinking of. What a, were you thinking? I was thinking of a nominee. That was probably in the, like the big short year of hmm. Oscar noms, and there was like another kind of like robbery all over the place movie that everybody liked a lot, and I thought it was much like this. Fuck, what was Let me it? Take a look. I guess ones I guess that could sort of be kind of sort of similar to this in a way. Bridge of Spies, but that's not really this. No. The Revenant, but that's not really this. No. It was a newer movie. Was it set back in time? No, it was a newer movie, and it was about like robberies i think i need like a list of like all the best picture noms from like the past six years is that what you got okay it's not argo right no definitely not argo i'm not sure it it was nominated for something it might not have been best picture then from like a couple years ago yeah that was like a i think about robberies too and people like really loved it the town maybe with ben affleck and john ham's the fbi agent no. In Boston? So. so there's, so just Googling on, uh, Google bank robbery movies, The Bank Job, Baby Driver, Den of Thieves, Hell or High Water, The Town, Heat, Inside Men, Takers, Public Enemies, Triple Nine, Two Guns, no. Tower Heist, 30 Minutes or Less, American Heist. Maybe it wasn't about robberies, it was just about, like, crime or something. I mean, not Wolf of Wall Street, obviously. You're not talking about that. American Gangster? No, not American Gangster either. American Hustle? American Hustle. That's it. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you. That was it. With Christian Bale once again. Yes. David O. Russell. Yep. Yes, this is what I was thinking of. Forgery and Loan Sharking. Okay. Yes. 
we that's got there in the end. We did get. It took a while. I'm sorry, but I'm. <laughs> I was like, I almost. You got me to a point where I was imagining this. Like I, I was like, did I imagine this movie? And like you're saying, other movies. I was like, it's not that. And yeah, American Hustle. Yes, exactly yeah. what it was. Thank you. Cool. Um, so we'll go back to Mickey for a second. We've we've not guessed his number one favorite movie of all time. He's rated 148 movies. Roughly 30 percent of those are five stars. His most recent. So his, his bio is single-sentence reviews. He only does single-sentence reviews. His most recent review, Furious 7. Do you want to guess what he gave Furious 7? Four and a half. Three stars. Not bad, but I couldn't help but rooting for Statham sometimes, in parentheses, Statham fan. Okay. Oh, yeah, good sentence. He I also, like it. His only list on Letterboxd is called Boom, Boom, Bang, in all capital letters. Easy action films for when you just don't want to have to pay attention to any storyline whatsoever. Sounds like my least favorite kind of movies. Die Hard, The Raid, Commando, Machete, Expendables, so yeah. I love action. His number one favorite movie is about 40, it's actually 40 years old this year. 40 the 40th years anniversary old this year. this year. Science fiction, one of the, science fiction and horror, I would say. Um, one of the most famous movies of all time, Night of the say. Living Dead. No, that's way older. This is in outer space. Whatever the... So James Cameron did the sequel to this movie. He did Prometheus? What's the first one? Yeah, what's the first one of that? That's what that's what we're trying to get to. James Cameron did the, the, the second one. It's Alien, yeah. singular. Alien. His favorite movie. So it's top four. Alien, The Departed, The Dark Knight, Public Enemies. Shout out, Mickey. Uh, thank you for letting us play with your profile for that game. The act- I got there. That was actually not too bad. Oh, I forgot. I totally forgot the next game. But the first game we're going to play is Fire Ass Titles. So if we're going to rename Public Enemies... What would we name it? I'm going to call it, go first, Up Close and Personal. Robbers. Heists. <laughs> Which is a very hard, very hard word to say, clearly. Train of death. Ooh. Off the rails. I'm going to name, so, okay, I got two. I'll do one and then the other. John Dillinger. Just Dillinger. Then I'm also going to do, name. so the band that was named after this, I'm going to name after the band, just called The Dillinger Escape Plan. Ooh, that's a good one. Ugly Boy. <laughs> Said it pretty boy Floyd. On the run. On the run, I like that one. Okay. Baby, we were born to run. Flock of seagulls. <laughs> Marion Cotillard in a bathtub. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good one. Cameos. Overstuffed. Ooh. Oreo maximum stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. The fuck? I forgot that those exist. Like, the five times stuffed ones. That's too much lot. stuff. I like stuffed, but too much. It's... You can you can hit a you can hit a barrier where it's too much. The picture show, America's Most Wanted. And I got one more, so come up with if you got one or two more. I got one more. It's not it's not necessarily great. I'm gonna I'll say it now because I, I want you to end it. I just got Bureau of Investigation or just G-Men because Ooh. a lot of the time Christian Bale's just yelling Bureau of Investigation. There's that scene where like Johnny Depp's at that motel, like they they interrogate the guy who's got the bullet in his brain behind his eye, right? And like he finds that he's in like Madison, like Wisconsin or something. So they go up there and they're interrogated. They 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 find that Johnny Depp's like in that hotel room. He runs off. Christian Bale and his guys are like in the woods, like in the dark without lights, and they're just yelling. But the guys in the car, it's like how are you, how is this the plan? Like he's just like standing in the woods like yelling, <laughs> Bureau of Investigation. It's like well just get out there. And yeah. Eventually they kill all the guys in the car, but like. Just a weird plan, man. I don't get it. Got a good one to go out on? Not a Christian Bale movie. Okay. That's my final one. I think we had oh, some good ones in there. What? I didn't do my, my due diligence. So I did not write down my guesses for Public Enemies. I took notes for yours, but I never. when I listened back, I didn't actually 
you know, do this. So uh, okay. I don't even remember what episode we guessed this on. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with yours. I'm gonna read yours out loud, Joe. Okay, okay. You ready? Go ahead. It's it's a lot. So hold on. Let me actually copy this into a different document so I can actually read it all. So okay, hold on. Okay. Public Enemies. He's a news reporter. It's set in the '80s, a dystopic universe. In the future, he's a public enemy because everyone's out to destroy the news. Why did you guess this? What were we talking about? <laughs> Fake that news. That you would have guessed this. I don't know. Fighting. In the movie, he'll have to cover a salsa dance competition as one of his first news stories. It's the International Salsa Competition, sponsored by Tostitos. They still <laughs> exist in the future. Someone's partner breaks their ankle. They call Channing in. It's like, is there a doctor in the house? But it's, does anyone dance salsa? He wins and gets a lifetime supply of Tostitos salsa. He's shirtless because he's up late at night writing a new... I don't remember any of this. Writing a new story about salsa. He's, a, he's at a typewriter shirtless, <laughs> cranking this out. He's going to get coffee to finish the story. He puts his robe on, walks out in the streets, and someone tries to rob him. He fights him in the street. He beats the shit out of the guy so bad that he takes his robe off, swaddles the guy in it, and says, night-night. When Channing gives the salsa story, he shouts, you can't handle the truth. (laughs) When did I think of that? I don't know. It it feels, in my head, I have the idea that, like... (laughs) There was a reason to this? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You're speechless. So how many did I get right? All of it. I'm going to say all of it or none of it. Either way. One or the other. (laughs) One of the extremes or the other. Let us guess now. So the next movie we're doing, because we didn't guess last time, because we did small photos, sort of a bonus little thing, unexpected. Yeah. So we haven't guessed in like six months. I'm ready. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Oh. Okay. Okay. Based on the hit toy action series G.I. Joe I don't know I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in one of these movies because he's always in movies with Channing Tatum I don't know who Channing Tatum plays yeah. I don't know if he's the star in my head somewhere I think he might be the lead but also it might not might be. be it also might too. be yeah. it also might be a wrestler like it might be like a John Cena type but not John Cena I don't know who knows is know. The Rock in one of these we'll find out G.I. <laughs> Joe The Rise of Cobra 2009 Joe how is he going to dance be shirtless fight and strip G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Yes. He's going to be shirtless, right? He's he's at home. It's it's at night. He hears a noise outside. Draws, mm-hmm. his, draws his fucking M15. He's not playing around. No handguns Oh, so we're here. seeing G.I. Joe at their home life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. G.I. Joe's at home. This is the beginning of the movie. He hears something outside. Fully squat. Like, you know, assault rifle. He's ready. He steps outside. He looks. He hears something behind a bush. He, like... Moves the, the moves the bush with the tip of his gun. He's shirtless. So he moves the bush with the tip of his gun. All of a sudden he hears hiss. And it, it's a cobra. <laughs> <laughs> so he tackles it and wrestles it like Steve Irwin, okay? So that's how he's fighting. He's shirtless fighting this cobra and he just chokes it out. Like he does like a neck snap like you would do on a person, but like on the cobra. Both arms wrapped around it just like, and just like, just chokes out the cobra. He, he pythons the cobra is what he does okay okay that's how he's shirtless and that's how he's fight he just he, he only fights a co- and then the rest of the time he fights for world peace so he's fighting for world peace and the cobra there's no war in this movie dancing and stripping dancing and stripping because he's fighting for world peace <laughs> he has he <laughs> he, he he's he's on tv 
and he's, he's raising money for world peace. So he's like a, okay. has a telethon going. They're go- they're gonna do like a bachelor auction, a TV bachelor auction, and so but he's running it, and everybody's like, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? And he's like, no. And then and then they finally like convince him to do it, and and he's getting bid on. You know, like the phones are just off the hooks. They're just okay. ringing. They're like, you know, what's your talent? And he's like, this is my talent. And he starts like, you know, dancing a little bit on TV. And then like they're like, oh, we just we just hit a, a million dollars. And he's like, oh, you know, like as he's dancing, like he's getting more sexual with it. And then like he takes his shirt off and throws it, and the phones just explode. Okay. Like literally, they like they actually explode. Like they like catch on fire. And they're like, we just broke 10000 Like, there will be world peace. And then G.I. Joe's like, cool. So he goes from a million dollars to $10,000. No, a $10 million. <laughs> okay. To $10 million. And he's like, there's, he's like, he's like, we can buy all the peace with this money. And then that's, that's how the movie ends. Okay. <laughs> and they just go buy peace, and then it's fine. That's what happens. $10 million, you just buy it. <laughs> he goes to Walmart. It. Walmart. This is, this is. I mean, it's it's quite a special movie. I can tell you that much. <laughs> this is the movie I want to see. I think that every time I do this, I just like I'm like, what movie version? Like, can you imagine if a bunch of kids like sat in a theater and you have all these fucking like like yeehaws like in the theater, right? And they're just like, we're gonna go see GI Joe, and it's like a dance telethon movie. <laughs> It's basically Magic Mike's it's but magic. raising money for world peace. Exactly. Yeah. That would be so... They'd be like, what the fuck happened? There's no war in this movie at all. After he choked out the snake, everybody was friendly. I do want to know, like, I mean, I feel like there's... Like, if it's an hour 45, I feel like we know the first three minutes and the last 15, but I don't know the middle hour 27 so he has to destroy the army the money is he destroys the army with the uh, he's, he's trying to bring it down from the inside it's like a secret agent okay <laughs> yeah cool pay attention Duh. <laughs> so gi joe the rise of cobra dance fight shirtless and strip so okay i'm gonna guess and this is already gonna be wildly wrong but also not more wrong than yours is mine's right i'm gonna guess it's shot in the style of stop loss it's like a gritty war movie because they're like what do kids want to see gritty war movies fair this may have been a thing already but we've we've guessed this so long ago that i don't remember he is in a homoerotic relationship with it's just sort of like all a bunch of guys over there and like they kind of have not it's like a talent show but they're all just sort of dancing and like whatever and he just starts taking his shirt off or whatever and people are giving him shit for it but they're all kind of like into it because he's a good looking dude so he's over there just sort of dancing for his troops now this is not gi joe but like in the iraq war and so he's over there very top time and then and then they hear an explosion outside, so he like he puts his shirt back on. They all go outside. They're fighting now. Why does he need his shirt on to fight? Because it's real. It's realistic. It's a realistic <laughs> movie. Okay. So we've done dancing. We've done stripping. Now he's in a fight, right? So we just need crying. God, what's the fourth thing we need? Oh, I guess I had. I guess I have all four of those: dancing, yeah. fight, stripping. So he's he's basically he's entertaining the crew. He's doing the three things. He goes outside in the fight. What are they okay, fighting? so actually here, this is. This is going to be the whole... So this is how the movie starts, right? He's, he's doing the thing. Like, they're all just, like... It's a bunch of good friends or whatever. Like, they're just goofing around. He's, like, dancing. He's pretending to be, like, a like a sexy lady or whatever. Explosion outside. They all go outside. Can we imagine that he's singing Tom Jones' It's Not Unusual? Like, they're just... No, they're having, I think they're all like drinking, like, 40s. Quartet. And they're listening to, like, shitty mid-2000s, like, new metal. No, I want, I want them to do, like... It's not unusual. But, like, as a barbershop quartet. That's what I want them to do. My favorite part about doing this game is that you guess, you get to guess, and then my guess always becomes your movie. 
like it, it you you basically guess again when I'm guessing. Like no, about, but, like, but like what if we do what you're saying, but like completely differently? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm just just having fun with it. I, I mean, I don't care because this is not right. But I just it's like stick to your lane. You have your own guess. If you want to do another guess, this you is why I'm the the, the, the director. This is why I'm the artiste. I have visions. Like I can see what I want to see in my head. So you're like, they're like dancing and like stripping. I'm like, okay, they're doing a barbershop quartet, and it's not unusual by Tom Jones. And then war breaks out. That makes perfect sense to me. But okay, we'll leave it your way. Go ahead. They're listening to new. So battle. then, so he goes outside, and then there's like a, a mortar or, so, or something goes awry, and Shannon gets knocked out. And oh. you know, it's it's that movie thing where like the the sound dives, like, just, like the yeah, bing, like yeah, he gets, like, and. Yeah. He gets brought back, and they inject him with metal. He becomes a bionic man. Ooh. He becomes on Cobra's side. They think he's a bad guy. He goes from being an American hero, but then he's captured by the insurgents, or so. I don't know. Cobra but he becomes guy. a villain. Or maybe it's because he felt so right. He, he loved this country. He went there and fights for this country. And then he gets, you know, something goes wrong, and like he's like, I can't. I'm no longer a patriot. Um, I need to take down the government from the inside. And so it's really the rise of Channing Tatum. <laughs> the Rise of Tatum. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's that's a good movie too, man. So that's mine. I hope so. I like that our movies are very un-American. Oh yeah, the wildly un-American. <laughs> like in both of our movies, Channing Tatum is a spy for the for for the fucking for the communists. Apparently. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so we have one last thing to do on the show. It is our Golden G Strings Awards, the Channing Tatum Awards. Oh, Best and worst of Public Enemies. Not best film, not worst film. I'm going to add this in to most disappointing movie. Most disappointing. Only in the sense yeah. that we had War of the Worlds there as well. We have this War of the Worlds and Step Up. Just because Step Up, we wanted this like... Magne- I, I also feel like... I'm going to kind of take Step Up off it. Like I know we might have yeah. been disappointed in the moment, but like looking it's back, good. I like that movie. It's good, yeah. Most disappointing movie, so Public Enemies, War of the Worlds. Disappointing in, in as much as we watched two or four hours and... 30 minutes of two movies for a minute of Channing. Yeah, so true. Mo- best Channing role, worst Channing role, no. Most fun film, no. Best song, no. no. Best soundtrack, no. Best love story, no. Best dancing scene, shirtless, stripping, fighting, no. Best gun scene, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Getting best gunned down by Christian, by Christian Bale. Bale. It's a pretty badass thing, dude. I would be in a movie if Christian Bale could shoot me. Like, that would be a really cool role. I do want to put in here best death. Okay. It's going to be the same thing, getting gunned down by Christian Bale. So now the only other thing, unless there's a new category you want to add, best or worst non-Channing role, male or female. So, like, I feel like Marion Cotillard's good, and she's the, the woman with the most to do in this movie, but she's not in it enough to really no. get recognition. Do we want to nominate either Johnny Depp or Christian Bale? If you say no, I'm fine not doing it. I think they're both good. So here's just a reminder, because it's been so I long. I think Christian Bale's bad in this because he's playing Batman. That's fair. I would say, and I expect so much from Christian. I'm a, I'm a huge Christian Bale fan, and like I wanted him to do. Like I love The Big Short. I love all these other Christian Bale movies. In this one, he's just Batman cop. So Christian Bale as Melvin Purvis. Purv. That's a good name, actually. I like that name. Public Enemies as worst. Yeah. Just parentheses underwhelming. So for best, so he joins now Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Havoc. Uh, in that category. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but best non-Channing role male, we have Moose from Step Up 2. We have yes. Chaz Palminteri, the dad, and the guy to recognizing your saints. We have Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Stop Loss. We have Samuel L. Jackson and Coach Carter. And we have Shia in the guy to recognizing your saints. Is Johnny Depp on par no. those, I think? No. No? Okay. Not even close. And just a reminder, in terms of women, Abby Cornish as Michelle in Stop Loss. Don't remember that 
at all. Amanda Bynes and She's the Man, She's the Chan. Ashanti in Coach Carter, which, sure, I don't remember her in that at all. Karen Richardson as Piper Cole in Supercross, don't remember her. And Jenna Dewan in Step Up. And then worst, Anne Hathaway in Havoc and Dakota Fanning Ugh. in War of the Worlds. Yeah. So I don't remember half those, but so we have, we're nominating four things. Most disappointing movie, best gun scene, best death, and worst non-chanting role male, Christian Bale, just underwhelming. Yes, I agree. Cool. Well, I think that's everything for this episode of Magic Mike's. Like we said, we'll be back in three months for G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, an anti-American movie, to be sure, <laughs> even though that movie is 100% propaganda to join the military. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah, it like, is. Like, I think G.I. Joe's are always sort of in a sense. It was. It's like Uncle Sam. Like, it yeah. was an American propaganda machine. A little bit later this month, in April, we're going to do Drive over on Boy oh. From Material, so if you listen to our Ryan Gosling podcast, and 10 days from now, on April 21st, we'll be doing that, and then later this summer, we'll be doing All Good Things where Ryan Gosling plays a fictionalized version of Robert Durst from The Jinx. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I forgot. I keep forgetting about that movie. But the most important thing is to go check out Too Fast, Too Forever, where every two weeks, every other Tuesday on hashtag Toretto Tuesday, hashtag Joe Tuesday, uh, Joe and I watch a Fast and Furious movie, talk about it with a guest. This lap, this run through the movies, we have Mike Manzi, the resident historian, Mike Manzi, the Mikester on every episode to talk about all these movies. But yes. we're going to be doing going to be doing that forever. So if you want to go check us out so over there. So many of them. And if you think that we're wacky, we are wacky. Shout out Jenny. I know that she likes these kind of podcasts a little bit better than hearing about the Fast and Furious movies, but she she doesn't like those movies and she follows over there. Montez, still a question mark. I don't know if Montez is actually listening to Too Fast, Too Forever. Doubt it. Or if she's just saying Doubt that she it. is. Shout out, Montez. Just Happy birthday, Montez. Montez. Two months ago. But that's it. Any other last thoughts about Public Enemies or Channing Tatum or Magic Mike's before we come back in July? I remember hearing a lot about this movie. I'm glad that I watch it in the sense that now I never have to watch it again. It was a pretty big letdown for the casting that they had, so... I understand that. I respect that. There's actually... Oh, okay. So here's here's something that I found out. Okay. Over the next handful of movies... So actually, let me take a look and just get this these numbers right. The rest of this year, we're going to be doing G.I. Joe in July, yeah. Dear John in October, Ooh. and then The Dilemma in January. Next January, so like in a year, and almost two years from now, we're going to be doing The Vow. So The Vow I'm really looking forward to because I think it's like a Nicholas Sparks movie or something. It's Ooh. one of those kind of movies with it. Channing and Rachel McAdams which I am oh. all about. I am yeah, here same. for. I the important thing, and I just I found this out recently, Rachel McAdams' husband directed what? Dear John. So Damn. I think Dear John is like very similar. I, I'm In my head, it's very similar to The Vow. I don't know if it actually is or not. Or no, he wrote it. Sorry, he wrote it. Jamie Linden wrote, the, uh, wrote Dear John. And Dear John is him and Amanda Seyfried. So again... Another, I need to a very attractive look up Jamie uh, young actress. I see what Rachel. But I just thought it was weird because I, I saw that and I was like, I think I was like, I wonder who Rachel McAdams is married to. And then I was like, oh, he wrote Dear this John. This guy. Oh Jesus. Hey man. It's like a doofy combination between you and I. B D E baby. Apparently, man. But I was like, God. I was like, I wonder who she's married to. I looked him up. I was like, oh, he wrote Dear John. Is that the movie with Channing? I was like, it is. I thought it was Rachel McAdams. I was like, wait, no, what's that movie? So it's weird that I think, and again, might not be right because I don't look ahead. I don't know what these movies are about. But in my head, they're so similar. And they're linked by that marriage, but also not really. You know, so that's just a little bit of a, not a Tatum tot at all, but kind of a Tatum tot here at the end of the episode. So Yeah. Fuck this guy. Cool. Okay. But for all things Magic Mike's, all 13 episodes so far, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, magicmikes, M-I-C-S, at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think of the show, the episodes, fire-ass titles, whatever you want to do. Say hi. 
you know, we scaled this down because people weren't really writing in, people weren't listening according to the download numbers. Yeah. We still like doing it, still like watching these movies for Channing, but let us know that you're out there. If you really, if there's a movie that you really want us to talk about, maybe we'll get to it a little bit sooner. Who knows? We, we're, we're open to whatever. Um, check out okay. Boyfriend Material, check out Too Fast, Too Forever. Just say hi, email us, magicmikes at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you in three months for G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, right here on Magic Mikes. Smile.